Wow, wow. Vamos que vamos. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Kyle Wilson, alongside Tiago Cucci. Vamos que vamos, Caito. Vamos que vamos. And we have a special guest we'd like to welcome in. It's actually my brother, Mitchell Wilson. Mitchell Wilson, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on your show. Ooh. How are you? That was, that was so sweet. What a great voice, Mitchell. It's going to be you. hard for me, man. Two, two great English speakers right oh, here in... My bad English, but you guys well, gonna we can try Portuguese yeah, later. Fala it's, it's part of the challenge. Ooh, part of the challenge. Vamos que vamos. So speaking of challenges, why don't we uh, bring out the first one? So we can start, Mitchell. I know you're nervous. I know you just woke up. You know, I know you didn't did your hair today, but I'm gonna have a challenge for you, and you can make a, a lot of money right now. In 30 seconds, okay. you can make up to a hundred dollars. So if you guys are watching us on YouTube, you can see the challenge. Yes. If you guys are in the podcast, please Listening. follow us in YouTube. Please okay? follow. Follow, subscribe. So you give can, us a like, smash that like button. Uh, yeah, I, I I was always dreaming to say subscribe, <laughs> click the the sign. Uh, I don't know. How, yeah. Yeah. So guys, the challenge uh Mitra today. We have a Rubik's Cube. Rubik's. Have you ever did that before? No. Okay, so today you're going to do, and you're going to have a possibility of making... A hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Okay, easy money to start a day. Easy money. Easy money. One color, one side color, ten bucks. Ten bucks. Because it's easy. It's easy. Like a kid that's six years old can do in three okay. seconds. Okay? Makes me feel good about myself. Thanks. <laughs> if you do full color, a hundred bucks. So you knock out all the sides, you get $100. Correct? Correct. Vamos que vamos. Can you do the countdown there? Ready to start. Ready? Uh, what color you want, you? Can I have a red, please? Red. Red, red, red. Red, red. color starting and now. 30 seconds. Let's see. Moving the pieces. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People are going to watch this and say, oh, now I know what the next challenge yeah. is going to be, and they're going to try and solve it. They think that we're going to repeat that. No. Surprise, surprise. Bring in the new power Ten play Ten seconds left for 100 bucks. 100 bucks in his pocket. <laughs> P2. Three seconds. Two, one. And me chill. Hey, you gave it a shot. <laughs> Can't win them all. It's not easy. It's not easy. So, Mitchell, thank you again for joining us on the P2 Powerplay podcast. And uh, why don't we get started with the real reason you're here? And that's to learn more about you and everything that you're into now. So, why don't you tell us your story? What you know, your background, everything, how old you are, life, where you're at, and let's let's hear it. Which brother you like the most? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, well, I'm 26. Uh, I was raised in Virginia, Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. That's where I grew up playing. Played most of my life for a club called Gunston. Uh, bounced around for a few clubs up there. Uh, came down to Florida, God, 11 years ago, 10 years ago. It's been that long. Um, 10 years. Jeez. Then when I was a junior, senior in high school, I went over to Holland, played over there in a Division II club called FC Volendam. Uh, came back to finish school, was going to go back over. Uh, but instead I went to France, played there for three months, came back, injured my knee, and now I coach. That's and what was the, uh, just so everybody knows, what was the knee injury that you had? I tore my patellar ligament off my kneecap. 
and where? Uh, well, not not even so much location wise, but how? What were you doing? I was and- coaching soccer. I wore cleats on turf. I jumped up to catch a ball. I landed. My knee went. My foot planted, and it tore. Oh, this Ooh. is important. Yes. Everybody that is watching us that mm-hmm. come to High Soccer Arena, please do not wear yeah. cleats. So this is why. It's a, it's a good lesson, guys. Yeah. If you And I was there when it happened, but basically when it's a risk. If you wear cleats yeah. on artificial turf, it's very likely, or I don't know if likely is the right word, but it's possible that the cleat will get stuck in the turf, and then something obviously is going to happen. So try to avoid those situations by not wearing cleats. Yeah, correct. On so- turf. On turf. On turf. Yeah. yeah. On turf. On turf. I mean, there's some fine. turfs made it for it, you know, like, uh, but ours is yeah, yeah, not yeah. that thick. Yeah, you know, yeah. we don't have the. I will add, it didn't happen here yeah. at Arena. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, Micho, so I have a situation here. I don't know if you remember that. You, you mentioned that you were playing in Paris. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When was that? Uh, September to December of 2015. 2015. Uh, I heard that you were in a train or something like that, and that was a terrorist attack there. So yeah, tell- so back in I think it was October, late October, early November, there was the Paris bombings. I was waiting for a train. I was right next to the Stade de France where a big explosion happened, and I was maybe twenty feet from where the bomb went off. My goodness! And so, so how what, was that? Yeah, how are your thoughts? You know, going through that. Were you by yourself? or uh, I was with a friend, actually. We were waiting to go to a club. Um, we were waiting for the train to go with a friend and then go to a, go to a club. Like a nightclub? A nightclub, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. We actually almost French went, life. <laughs> we actually almost <laughs> went to the game where the bombing happened, so thank God we didn't. Uh, but we were going to go to a friend's house, and then all of a sudden we were waiting for the train, and we heard a big, big explosion, and we saw a bunch of cops car driving under us because the train was above. And uh, we, we were asked each other, what do you think that was? And, you know, I said an explosion, and unfortunately that's what it was, and a bunch of people got hurt. But afterwards, I think that was the um, the scariest thing I think I've ever had to go through was you could walk around and you could feel like something yeah. just happened. Mm-hmm. Like people died right there, all that. Dark shadow all over. Yeah, I, li- oh, I didn't live, but I swear I was staying was maybe um, got a football field away from where it happened. So, you know, I was really close. You there, saw the bodies, like that people? I did not people? see the bodies, no, no. no. So was what was your buildings. what was your thought like? You know, you hear this thing go off, and obviously you thought it was an explosion. So, you know, kind of walk us through your your thoughts as it's going on. Uh, I, well, unfortunately, I didn't have any like you know cell phone service because I don't have a French phone. So my yeah. first thought was I need to go find Wi-Fi, uh, see what's going on, get an understanding. So we went we went to my friend's house. I was able to get on the Wi-Fi. Uh, let obviously let my family know that I was okay. I wasn't involved in the bombings. Nothing happened. Uh, so yeah, I mean that was really my first thought, just to let everybody know that I was okay uh, and I'm fine. And you were there to play, yeah? Yeah, I was there playing. I was training with the club called Saint Denis, which is yes. just outside of Paris. It wasn't actually in Paris, but it's on the suburbs of Paris. After this day, everything was closed, or how was the within the, life the area? And, it was yeah. closed. Uh, I mean, the life, man. Uh, you could literally see armed military people walking around with you know like their guns and. You know, it's kind of scary being a tourist there, not actually from there. You never really know if you're going to be an issue one day and they'd tell you to leave. Also, if you don't speak the language, too, is a problem. Yep. Because you weren't fluent. But let's talk about France some more. So you were there and, and, you know, kind of walk us through the experience of being a player, you know, trying to make it to the top and the the life that you had to go through living there. 
Uh, so I can tell you where I was living. Uh, that'll be the first thing. I think this is a big shock to most American people is I lived in a three-bedroom apartment. Yeah, apartment slash townhome. It had two stories. And one bathroom. There were seven of us oh, living in there. Nice. And very small, yeah? Very small. Because here, the townhome is very yeah. big. Very small, yeah. It was, <laughs> I live in a townhome now, and it's a lot smaller than what I live in. I can tell you yeah. that much. Um, we didn't have room to be by ourselves. You know, uh, the room I slept in, there was a bunk bed, and which are twins. <laughs> And there are three people sleeping in that room. So you can imagine how tough that was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was the life I lived. You know, what, what was great about it, though, is I got to walk five, uh, five minutes either direction. And I found a soccer field where people were playing. So, I mean, you don't, you don't get that here. You know, no. People outside on the street playing, you walk to, they have what, uh, well, in Holland, they have Croy Fields. It's basically what it was, which if you don't know, it's a fenced in little field. And you just get to play 5v5 and have some fun. And they had that everywhere. Uh, so yeah, but yeah. I'm curious to learn more or if, and also anybody listening. So like, you know, you, you and as American kid that grew up in a much more comfortable environment at home. And then, you know, you go over there for the first time and you got to figure out how to live with seven other people sharing a bathroom and, yeah. you know, kind of talk about the adjustment and, and know all with that. I mean, luckily for me, I didn't really have an adjustment. And I think the biggest thing was I just knew this is what I wanted. Uh, I wanted to be over there. I wanted to be playing soccer. And as long as I was doing that, I was happy. It didn't matter what my home life was like. It didn't matter who I was sleeping with or who was living there because I was never home. I was either out on the field or I was out in the town just having some fun. Uh, so, I mean, that was the biggest thing for me is, I mean, I can tell you guys, I would get up at probably, I'd go to bed at probably 2 a.m., wake up probably 8 a.m., get ready, eat breakfast, go to the field, train from 9 to 11, come home, shower, go out at a place called Châtelet, which is kind of like downtown Paris. Um, and then I'd come home, train at 5 with the team. And that was basically what I did. And then from 5 to 8, we would train and then come home. and Crazy life. This is good because your players are watching, probably, yeah. you know, and, and it's good because they think that it's easy. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, the thing that Kyle just mentioned about uh, we are privileged. Oh, yeah. I'm privileged right now. You know, yeah. I live in this country. Completely privileged. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that some parents ask me, what do you think about the, you know, I mean, what I, I keep saying is that it, it is good that our kids are privileged, but it's bad on the, on the same way that they don't know what is the reality. So this is important what you're saying that you you were there having this experience. The, the kids does, doesn't know that. You know? I mean, there's one more part I would like to touch on. I can't remember the coach's name, but there's a coach there from Africa. And there's a lot of players, if you don't know, a lot of players from France are from Africa. And what they do is they bring, or scouts, agents will go down to Africa. Well, they're not really scouts or agents, but they'll say they're scouts or agents. The kids from Africa will pay all their life savings, go to France, because they, they promise they'll make it as a professional player. They just And then once mm. they get there, the agent or scout leaves. And so this guy there would um, get all those kids, train them, and then try and find a club for them. So, I mean, I'm telling you guys, these there there are players there that literally their life depends on making it as a player. right? So if your life, if you're not willing to sacrifice everything, you're not going to make it. I mean, that's just the end-all, be-all, because there are people there that literally their life depends on it. And I like that. So you, we need to cut you. We need to cut that and put on a <laughs> on a Instagram. Yeah, because the kids need to hear the, the reality. But even though people are hearing that, they don't imagine how is the yeah, thing. They don't, they don't understand. They yeah. hear it, but they don't understand it's, it. It's hard to understand. But, you know, kind of expand on your perspective, you know, with that. And, uh, again, you, you played here um, where you didn't really have that type of pressure. And then you go over there where it's a completely different type of ball game. 
uh, you know, kind of to the extent of what you just said, life or death. And again, how was the adjustment with that? You know, realizing like, wow, I actually have to do something if I really want to make it. Uh, I, I mean, it's going to go back to the same thing I think I said before. That that's what I wanted, right? I wanted to be a professional player. That's that's all I ever dreamt of as a kid. That's all I ever wanted to be. So, I mean, the amount of hours I would spend at home touching a ball or go out to the field touching a ball, that's what I wanted to do. So once I was there, I don't think there was that big of an adjustment because, like I said, didn't matter what anyone else was like. I wanted it. So I was there to focus on me and do what I wanted. And I can tell you, man, the intensity there, I had never seen it before. Intensity in every practice, whether they were doing a simple two-touch passing drill where you just stood on a line and you passed it back and forth. I mean, they those guys were there to freaking work, and they were working their asses off. Um, so uh, it's not like you can just relax and have some fun because that's not what's going to happen there. They're there to work, and they're there to push you. And I can tell you, if you're there to take their spot, they're coming to hurt you because they don't want you to – they don't want to lose their spot. Yeah. Especially no, the environment. Yeah, a lot sorry. of money. No, you're good. There. Especially there's a lot of money on the line. But did you, when you went over to France, were you there with any other players from America and maybe struggled with adjusting or? Yeah. Uh, so I can tell you, there's um, there was a few players there, and there was one that was, I mean, he was a phenomenal player. I mean, probably the best player I think I've ever played with, and that includes the guys from France who played professional, by the way. Um, they compared him to the likes of Ronaldinho when he played. And oh my uh, goodness. So he, I mean, he was, he was, yeah, seriously, he was, he was that freaking good. But I can tell you after about a month or two months, he was ready to go home. He said he missed life here. He said he missed his mom and dad. He missed life here. Missed the privileged life. He missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old old was he? 18 at the time. So he's still a kid. Not prepared. Yeah. Yeah, He wasn't prepared for the life. You see, it's not just the soccer. It's not just fast feet. It's not about talent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the guy was compared, they compared him to Ronaldinho. So. He was so, obviously very good. So the t- the takeaway from that, I would imagine, is if if you, know, you might have all the skills in the world, be compared to some top players, but if you don't have the mentality, you're not gonna hang, right? That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's all about your mental side. How you call is psychologist? Psychologist. Yeah. Psychologist. You you didn't have this assistant on, on the club that you were playing. No. I think this is very important. Man. I mean, the biggest thing for me is I was never settled at a club. I bounced around a lot. Like I was at one yeah. club, and then they said, no, you're too good. They took me to another club, and then they're like, no, you're too good. So they were going to send me to another club. Yeah. And so I never really settled. So I never really got help from a club. I was just there training on my own. And then whenever I was at a club, I trained with them. Any of your friends that used to train with you there uh, become a pro- professional is too currently playing or... Uh, so not overseas, they didn't come up, well, not over in France. Um, there were two that went to Peru and played professional and then some played, um, not USL. What's the one under here? NISA. Yeah. They played NISA for the Bobcats in Maryland. Oh, nice. Yeah, guys. I think you guys already got the message. That's yeah. it. Mentality. So, mentality is king. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, what you have. And, you know, I guess Mitchell, if you could expand on it, right? So kind of last part with this, how, how does the youth experience here prepare you or not for France, your time in France and the, the adjustments. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. I can tell you right now, life or youth soccer in America does not prepare you for overseas. Um, and I think the biggest thing that people need to understand is I couldn't go to my mom and dad when I was in France and be like, mom and dad, the coach isn't helping me. Mom and dad, the club's not helping me. Uh, with whatever was necessary, right? Like they were supposed to get a visa issue or solve my visa problem so I didn't have to come home, but they never did. And I couldn't go mom and dad. Could you talk to them? Like, yeah. could you help fix this issue? Mom and dad weren't there. Mom and dad didn't speak France, French. Mom and dad didn't know the coach or the club. So well, it it's was, also not their responsibility. Exactly. It's it your was, responsibility. And it's all on me to yeah. go and try and solve that problem. 
And so if it was something to do with playing time, again, I couldn't go to mom and dad. I had to make sure I was on me to, hey, coach, why am I not playing? What can I do to do better? Why can, how can I get into that spot? Right. Yeah. And Take I'm it. sure. Taking that, that question, uh, how the youth soccer here, the, the clubs in Orlando, for example, can help? Like, because you just mentioned that you didn't have any help here mm -hmm. to go there and any assistant. How can the clubs here help players that want to go there? So what, what do you think is missing? Uh, I think the biggest thing is missing is a system. It's not necessarily the club's fault, but it's a system in the U.S., Right. Like we have this pay to play system, whereas mom and dad think, oh, well, I'm paying yeah. a service. So I need yeah. to know what's happening. I need to be in control of my kid, whereas that's not the life that's going to live outside of this country. Even in this country, when you make it to the MLS, you're no longer paying. Mom and dad can't. If I play for Orlando City, my parents can't go to the coach at Orlando City. Why is my son not playing? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing. And it's not even that. It's just college, too. A college coach won't want to talk to your mom and dad. They want to talk to you. Uh, so I think the biggest thing is the system needs to change. And then we as a club and not even a club as a, f as a whole in the United States need to do better because it's not, it's not just the clubs. It's the families that are a part of the clubs that are paying need to go. All right, little Johnny, it's your responsibility. You're not playing. Go talk to the coach, see what you can do better. Yeah. I mean, we've had situations where, and I just mean in general, I've, I've seen it where a kid doesn't play and a parent, you know, says, okay, why did my kid not play? But it really should be the other way. Like, The child, the parent should be going to the child saying, okay, little Johnny, did you talk to your coach? Yeah, sure, you might have wasted my time, but you said this is your dream because competitive yeah. is it's your dream, not somebody else's dream. So if you're playing, it's because you want to make something out of it, I would think. We are talking about competitive, yeah? yeah of course, Because yeah. when is the wreck? What do you guys think? When it's wreck, you're about having fun, man. Every right. kid should play. play. They yeah, just go out there important. and have fun. Because yeah. yeah. some parents is watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody will watch it. Yeah. If it's competitive, it's not playtime, yeah? Well, it, So you I, can't guarantee playtime. I, I think the key is, right, if you, if you have a child, and this is my opinion, but when you have a child that says, hey, my goal is to become a pro, yeah. it doesn't even matter where, let's just say be a pro. And uh, you need to understand when you, when you play pro, you're going to be on a 30-plus man roster, and there's 11 starting spots. So, yeah. like reality check is you're going to have to fight three or four people for a single starting spot, whatever the position is, don't even matter. And that's not an easy thing to do. So there's going to be plenty of time, especially if you're a rookie coming into the, the league or a new recruit or whatever, you're not going to play a lot probably unless you're Mbappe yeah. or Neymar or, you know, something along the lines of that, because otherwise you're, you know, you have to work, even though you made the team, you have to work your way through it. So I don't know. No, it's yeah, I mean, definitely crazy. True. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So let's start with now with the fire questions. Fire that, questions. That is serious. Thank you so much. This is a great contribution for our kids, yep. our parents, you know. Everybody listening. They're going to probably send us a, a message right now. <laughs> Stay tuned. So yeah. we're going to do quick fire? Yeah. All right. So quick fire, Mitch, this is how it works. We have our director. Director. Calling you. Director, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. Our Play Podcast is sponsored by Meta Media. Oh. Sponsorship. Oh, we forgot. By, Thank by you so way, much, yeah. director. Thank too. You. Yeah. So, by the way, by the way, I want to highlight that Mitchell, you participating now with the way better equipment. You know, we have some sponsorship that was shipped yeah. into an envelope That's with it. a lot of money. Not yeah. a lot of money, but yeah. uh, enough to buy the equipment. Yeah. Thank you, High Soccer Academy. Thank you, thank you High Soccer Arena. Thank you, High Soccer <laughs> Prospect. Thank you, High Soccer <laughs> Prospect. The you guys rock. Yeah. That's it. So, you guys are awesome. Appreciate you. I want to also highlight that we are inviting uh, a lot of uh, uh, people from the soccer industry. Mm -hmm. So we are always saying that this is a 
is a podcast neutral. We For don't everybody. talk about clubs here. Yeah. Of course, we have our sponsors that help us yeah, yeah. to bring the the better equipment, the better you know setup the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are not here representing our club. No, no. Okay, so we are here to talk yeah. with with guys that can change the way that people think and mentality. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the uh, quick fire questions. So, Mitchell, this is how it's going to work. We're going to ask you questions. You're going to have 30 seconds to answer as many as you can. It's pretty simple. So, I'll okay. go through my list first. Okay. And then we'll get to yours. So, I have vamos one, two, three, vamos. four. I got seven questions. Make it nice and quick. Okay. And uh, 30 seconds. Ready? Mm-hmm. Hold. Hold. There's no money involved. No okay? money. Yeah. You already lost the money. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. Here we go. First question is Pep or Klopp? Pep. Ronaldo or Messi? Ronaldo. City or Liverpool? City. Orlando City or DC United? Orlando City. Coke or vodka? Vodka. Cheese or milk? Neither. <laughs> you got to pick one. <laughs> Cheese. <laughs> uh, would you rather live in Iceland or Russia? Iceland. Europe. Why? Why Iceland? Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> Iceland's okay. gorgeous. Uh, what is the most successful team in the world with more like right titles? Now? Like World Cup. World Cup. World Cup. Brazil. Okay. So when was the first World Cup? I have no idea. Uh, who was the first World Cup? We'll give you champ? a couple extra seconds. First World, I don't know. Okay. What was the uh, last World Cup champ? The last one, uh, 2018. France. Yeah. Okay. When is the next? Uh, where is the next World Cup? Qatar. Yes. What? Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> who is the most valuable player now? Uh, now, Ronaldo. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Thank you. Thank you, director. <laughs> no, I thought the same thing, uh-huh. Messi, Ronaldo. But I think uh, on the research, what they do is they, they they do the evaluation based on the age. Oh, so. you mean like transfer market evaluation? Correct. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like yeah. who's the most valuable player to the team. No, I, I, I mean the, on the research research that we did, they, they calculate everything. It's Mbappe the or of, Holland, right? Correct. Mbappe. Mbappe. Oh. If it's not Mbappe, it's going to be Holland very soon. Well, we, we were talking off air that he's Real Madrid made an offer for like 175 million euros and he had one year left on his contract, oh my which is goodness. crazy because he could leave. turned it down. He could leave in 10 months for free or whatever. Uh, in my research, Vinicius Jr. is 188 uh, million. And Mbappe just signed for Real Madrid for free next summer, apparently. In 189, Mbappe, yeah. That's what they, they said. They agreed terms. Oh, Real Madrid for free. He's going to be on 500K a week. So, and I have a funny question. This is not in the script. But oh, we script. know that you just bought a house. Yeah. And we have a, a, a serious question right here. <laughs> so, can you tell us your address? Because your brother doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. That's hey, fine. I, one day I was like, "Okay, so let's visit your brother right now." Yeah. He was like, "I don't know where my brother lives." Well, are you kidding? Well, you know, are you the, fun, the funny kidding? thing is, I said, "Hey, when are you gonna invite me?" He's like, "You're welcome anytime," and I still don't have the address. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good invitation, bro. It's nice. So let's do a barbecue. barbecue a vegetarian yeah. one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know how to arrive there. No, we, we don't know. No, we so don't. you bring the grill. That's fine. I don't have a grill. <laughs> oh, Micho. Micho, uh, again, there's a lot of players that play with you that they, they really would like to have, like, some mas- messages from you. Like, uh, what do you think they need to do? You already give some thoughts about, like, what – uh, U.S. soccer is missing, but what the player can do in order to to play like overseas, you know, to become a professional, uh, or I know you have a lot of uh, college coaches, friends. So some of the kids, you you know, the mentality in U.S. is is kind of different compared with Brazil. I got a better way to ask that question. 
I'll make yeah, it easier. You, you better. I'll make it easier. So, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently if you were a kid going through it? Oh, my See how I made that easier you for see? you? Simple. Yeah. English oh, is cool. You know, harvest. You, yeah, there you let, go. let me say thank you for Harvest thank because you. seven years ago I couldn't uh, uh, make one phrase. So, yeah, so if, you, if you could think about that for a second, what, you know, 26 now, going back, you know, 16 years or whatever age you want yeah. to start with. So 10. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Yeah. Um, network. Uh, I think as I got older, I would try and network myself, whereas I relied, I think I relied on other people to network for me based on my talent. And so I think Ooh. what I would know now would be go out and talk to the coaches myself. I think that's the biggest thing coaches don't have is, you know, someone coming up to them and going, hey, coach, I'm really interested in either your club or your school, depending on which one you're looking at, is and try and find those connections yourself because the more people you have in your pocket, like on your phone as a contact, the better it is for you. You know, like if I could just ring up, for example, uh, the guy I worked with in France was Adrisa. If I could just ring him at any time, be like, hey, Adrisa, what's going on? How are you? You know, and just connect with them. And I, I think that would be the biggest thing or the biggest change I think people need to make is. And again, it's not mom and dad networking. It's the kids, the players, because, again, it's their dreams. And then what about like from a playing perspective? Is there anything you would have changed? I would have been at the field more. I think I will uh, every day just be there more. I mean, I was pretty much there every day anyway, but be there longer. You know, I'd come home, do homework, play FIFA, whatever it is. But instead of doing that, just be at the fields longer. It's a good advice. Yeah. And what about diet? How oh was your... Oh, my God. My diet was terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've changed a lot now. But, you know, when I was a kid, you know, we used to have Slurpees every day. Oh, Literally geez. every day. Favorite flavor? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, is it nice? One a day, oh, it minimum. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Now you look back so at you, you go, what the? Yeah, it's better. Yeah. So you recommend for them? No. Okay. <laughs> if you have any dreams of being a pro, do not drink soda. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's Key takeaway. Yeah. And then uh, there's another part I want to talk about quickly is uh, you and I both played in the uh, AMF Futsal World Cup. Yep. Uh, representing the United States uh, down in Argentina, Misiones. And, you know, what What takeaway would you have about that, representing your country at the highest level? Oh, and yeah. Um, as a country, I can tell you the biggest takeaway I have is we are still way far off of every other country yeah. As a as a playing on the playing side. I, I think the players that come here from overseas find it easy, mm. and the biggest thing is they didn't make it there, so they're here now. Yeah. Well, and I remember on the roster we had mostly Brazilians. Yeah, mm -hmm. which was funny. There was like three Americans on the U.S. team, like actual Americans, and then the rest was me, Mitchell, yeah. maybe four, something like that. I don't remember the exact number. Time and I think Alfredo. Yeah, so I think it was four, and then the rest were on Brazilian. The on the national oh, yeah. team for the U.S., it was four four Americans, and the rest were uh, Brazilian. It was Crazy. funny. W which, like, you think futsal uh, or soccer is, like, f more, like, uh, the level is way more different compared with the world, like, uh, Both. in futsal or soccer? Both. Both? I mean... The, for soccer, the men's team didn't qualify for the last World Cup. Yeah. And they're not looking good now. They just lost to Canada 2-0. I, I would say on top of that, to your to your question, and we, we watched the FIFA World Cup, which is different than AMF, but they're competitors to each other. But anyways, watching that, you when you watch futsal, you can it's much easier for somebody right. to see the level difference. So, like, you know, me and Mitchell played against Spain. You and can the, hide. Well, well, that, but, like, we played against Spain. We lost, what, 11? 11-0. 11-0, and, like, dude, that was the first time I was in a game and my head was spinning. Was, <laughs> like, the ball was moving so quick. Like, you could you could see the difference because the score line was 11, 
It doesn't happen as often in soccer now that USA or whoever, smaller countries in, in terms of soccer, get blown out. Yeah. And it'll be like four or five. But it was 11. <clears throat> yeah. And You're, I can tell you Spain wasn't <clears throat> even the best team there. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they, they lost. <laughs> Spain yeah. was the best team? No, they no, weren't. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they still smacked us. Yeah, they killed us. Imagine if we beat France in that game, we would have been playing Argentina. Argentina. We would have probably gotten 20 0. Obliterated. 30. 20 how long do you think we're going to be there in the level? And how? I don't think we'll ever make it. Seriously, no. I don't think we'll ever make it. Why not? We have to change the system. So, the system in the US. if you were the director or like the guy in charge of U.S. soccer or whatever, what, what, what would president? you change? Yeah. Hey, president, there you go. Sure. What would you change first? Uh, like I said earlier, the pay to play system. Uh, I think it's extremely flawed. I think there's a big issue with it and again it's going back to you know the clubs aren't investing into the development of the players because there's no long-term gain from it right yeah. it's it's the short-term game now yeah. because uh, they're paying they want to win so their kids stay and keep paying mm-hmm. whereas if it's changed to you know i develop a player that player signs a pro contract i get a percentage of that guy's contract so if that's the case, then, okay, I need to focus on the development of the players and the players are going to get better. But right now, whereas we have the winning mentality mm-hmm. uh, or the short-term, short-term winning mentality, the players aren't going to get better. They're just going to focus on keep winning, mm-hmm. whatever that is. I mean, I would agree. Yeah. I, think the, I think the biggest challenge would be, though, that you, know, you can't force a club to take the investment. I mean, those are one of the things that we talked about is if we wanted to invest on four teams for a year, it would cost you know tournaments, uniform, coaching costs. It would cost 100 k Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to need yeah, I mean, people to invest millions and millions of dollars yeah. over some grants from the county, a bunch of stuff because yeah. yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, because and like I said, it wouldn't happen overnight. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is first is the big, bigger clubs need to change, you know, like your Orlando cities, the ones that have an established system throughout. And if they if they change, I think you'll find it easier for the other clubs around them to change. What are the three changes that you think is going to be the game changer? I'm going to write like down I said, that okay. system. Yeah, system because we're going to talk with. So there's some guests coming from Orlando City. We're going to definitely bring this answer for them. So I think the system change. Okay. Like I said, from uh, pay to play to compensation okay. for formation. Um, I think promotion and relegation. Uh, and I think a big reason for that is, you know, you have your smaller clubs. Um, like, let's just say I play, let's say I own a team that plays in USL, right? I have no chance unless I play, pay MLS a lot of money to play in the MLS. Oh, yeah. Whereas if I go overseas, you know, you have Brentford who's now playing in the Premier League. And mm-hmm. I guarantee most people hadn't heard of Brentford before they played in the Premier League. Same story like Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth. I mean, Leicester City, talk about them. They won the title. 5,000 to 1 odds. Yeah. So, you, you ever yeah. heard about that? Leicester City, yeah. they won the Premier League. Uh, I think it was 2015, 2016. Yeah. The odds were 5,000 to 1 that they would win. Never in, li- in history in the- has it ever been done, ever in Crazy. sports. And 5,000 to 1 and they won. And oh I think like goodness. a year or two before that, they just got promoted. So, I mean... <laughs> You won't get that here, and I think that's a big reason why. And, you know, you look at success stories like Jamie Vardy, who was 26 and burst onto the seeds. He started in the lower levels and worked his way up because there's promotion and relegation. There's that option to do that. Persistence. Yeah. yeah so. so system, promotion, relegation, and what else? That the last third? one's a good question. I would change the coaching um, education. How? I was going to say to what? Uh, so I can tell you the last time now, it's been a little while since I took a coaching course, but the last time I took a coaching course, it wasn't on coaching coaches, how to coach, right? They, they focused on, hey, can you fill out this piece of paper? Can you fill it out the way we want? Why? Why do I need to fill it out the way you want when I understand what I'm writing down? So yeah. th- that's the thing I think we need to change is that, right? That mentality is you, we need to coach the people that want to coach, which is good. We have people who want to coach. 
how to actually coach and develop players because that's what's going to make us a successful nation and potentially win a World Cup in 200 years. 200, we believe? No, whatever. No, I mean, I just said a number, man. <laughs> Crazy. Could be you, 20, you don't 30. think 20? If we change what we're doing now, but otherwise, no. Because, I mean, I look at our big-time players. Pulisic, he barely gets a game for Chelsea in his position. He plays every, He plays nine. He plays right wing back. No. Yeah, I mean, I always will do some comparison with Brazil because it was where I born. I can tell you, like, here there's a lot of kids with two, three, four, five years old playing. And over there, we see a lot, but here it's growing a lot. Like, we are in, like, a lot of daycares. Daycares, they are playing soccer. I think this will help. Definitely is a process. Yeah. Uh, you have three points here that probably they need to pay attention let me, on. Let me ask you, though. Okay. Right, so oh. yeah, yeah, this is for you because you're Brazilian, right? So, you know, we have in the United States, and Mitchell can attest to this, I'm sure, we have this like fascination with using cones and tricks and flicks. <laughs> like in Brazil, do players put down cones and repetition of skills? I mean, put my French, yeah, but we don't dance with the ball, yeah. you know. I, I never saw this what in does my that life, mean, though, dance you know, like ball? dancing, not using yeah. the ball. So, in Brazil, it's hard uh, to have cones. It look, looks like funny. It's yeah. not funny. Yeah. It's serious. So we don't have cones. We don't have the, those kind of things. We used to use flip-flops. Yeah. You know, and but we, even even with using flip-flops, would you sit there and go, you know, like two cone drills around a cone? Yeah, they, they, they do have that, you know. Like I want to say hi for uh, uh, Gonçalves. Gonçalves yeah. has an academy in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. There's a lot of academies there. But most of the kids, they play in the streets. Like Saturday and Sunday, yeah. they put two, two flip-flops. One side, two flip on right, the other right. side, and, and they play a game, 2v2. Right, but they're playing. They're not doing... No, they, they, they don't. I mean, I, uh, I'm i here for over eight years already. Yeah. So, like, on the past 10 years, I don't I don't see a lot. You know, right. I, I see more, mostly, like, the kids playing, playing in the street, yeah. play, 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 play time, yeah. like with the ball. Because yeah, yeah. uh, we were talking the other day. There's a kid, remember the kid that came from Brazil two yeah. months ago, yeah. right? And Mitchell, Mitchell made this comment to me, and he was like, watching him play is so different. Because he picks up the ball, beats one, and he's trying to score. Yeah. Right? Where sometimes we have kids that, our kids, anybody's kids, where they'll go and do a skill, beat the guy, then come back, beat yeah. the guy again. No, no. The aim of the game is to score goals and win the game. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that kid, every time he got the ball, he was going to goal. Every time. There was no second thought about yeah, it. It's different. I think the passion, yeah. like the Brazilians are very passionate. Mm -hmm. You know, like in here is getting. Yeah, getting better, right? So we, I mean, we are not here to talk about our company, but we create a award mm -hmm. to award the most passionate. I think all those small things, not just with us, all clubs. Yeah. I know there's some people that do the same thing. When, when we create something, guys, follow along. We, we love follow. Player That's of the day. Fine. That is not a problem. So I think all these small actions help in the future. Uh, but the question is, how long is going to take yeah. to be on a level? Well, I think the biggest thing is you see. You, we give out that passionate award. How many are those? How many? Who won that? An American yeah. or someone who isn't an American? I think that's the it's biggest question. Good question. The American so question. I'm not going to be. Well, I don't American. Yeah, I can I'm tell you. I don't think the Americans are passionate enough. I think they just cruise through life and go on. You know, like cruise control, like you do in your car. You put cruise control, and the car controls it. Yeah. One day, I think it was Kai. We were in the, in the tournament, and Kai was like, "Oh, can you talk something?" I was like, "Yeah." And I usually don't talk with the players, yeah. and and. I was seeing the players like face down on the final. And I was like, guys, you guys have the car that the pro players in Brazil want to have. You guys live on a house that the yeah. pro players want to leave. 
and you eat on the restaurants that they never ate before. <laughs> so how are you going to get the motivation on that? <laughs> so if you lose the game, you're going to go in your Tesla car, the door is going to be like this, uh, like an airplane. It's hard. Uh, I'm not saying that you need to be poor to play, but you got to have the passion, the passion inside yeah. of yourself. Yeah, so yeah. your mom and dad or me, Kyle, you got, you're not going to teach them how to be passionate. You can't. If you're not. You either learn with it yourself or you, you can't force that. It's somebody. hard, man. It's hard. We, we can put uh, maybe, I don't yeah. know, we, we can have some uh, mentors that can maybe help on that. Yeah. But how are you going to teach passion? I mean, I think the biggest thing I see is kids just get upset. Right? They don't try and fix an issue. Yeah. Uh, a mistake happens and they just get upset at it. But that's not passionate. That's just you being, whatever reason, stupid. I think yeah. if you're getting upset at someone for making a mistake, you know, passion's okay. He made the mistake. I'm going to go get that ball back. That's passion. Yeah, this is the point. So yeah. I, and then we, getting excited when you do yeah, get that ball back. Uh, yeah, we had a situation yeah. in the birdie party two weeks ago here. The kid was losing, losing, losing all the games. And he started crying with 15 years old. And they say, I quit. I quit. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Literally. no I, I, that's why I said it. They quit. Yeah. yeah. So he, I didn't even he know left that. on his birdie party. I was like, you are playing with it. This is not a passion. No, yeah. The passion, passion is what you just said. Yeah. Like, oh, you're losing, but you got to win. You got to beat them. Yeah. Oh, my team is terrible. You prove yourself yeah. that you can do it. Yeah. You know, I think people are, are worried about proving to the other. Well, others. they all want to be on the A team and yeah. wear the badge. It says well, the I, I think a big thing is they look for an excuse as to why it's not happening instead of for making them. it Correct. happen it, and making right. it happen themselves. Not just in soccer. Oh, yeah. No, that's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, people always look for an excuse. I have a lot of people that say, Chicago, you lucky, lucky guy. And I was like, you came from the fame. I mean, I have part of uh, people from my family that say, you lucky guy. And I was lucky. I born in your house. I'm a lucky. Yeah, look at you. Look what you got now. You know, you just you just showed up one day. I, you had I don't it all. Have anything, bro? Yeah, I you mean, showed we, up today. We are building. All, you yeah. got this building. You didn't do anything <laughs> for this building. It's just you just walked in. It was all here. I don't see it that way. You know, I see that we we have a big thing to change. Like part of the thing about changing the system is yeah. we are focused on that as well. Of course, we're not going to be capable to change the system by ourselves, yeah. but That's we buying. are doing our part. So this podcast is a proof that we are trying to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And if people that is listen to us or that can see us, if they pay attention on that, mm-hmm. what you're saying is, is very important. Oh, you know? completely. Yeah. Really important. Yeah, this. Vamos que vamos! Oh. Oh. So, so this means, this vamos que vamos means that we are about to end the, the, the show. Wrap yeah? it up, wrap it up. So last thing, Mitchell, I, I guess kind of a key takeaway. I'm interested because I, I want to know. Uh, you've been reading Simon Jordan's book. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, he's an interesting character. You know, give us a key takeaway, you know, one or two points from it. You know, he owned Crystal Palace uh, and, and, you know, kind of something that you highlight from the book (laughs) as a closer. Um, uh, Let's see, one or two takeaways. I mean, I think the first one he says is he always finds, like we were just talking about, people who make excuses for themselves. Um, If you know anything about his background, he started out selling phones. Hmm. And he would jump from business to business on selling things. And then he settled with a friend who had a phone company. And then that, I don't remember why that stopped, but that stopped. And then he went to selling, I think it was paper. Maybe I'm wrong. He's selling something. And then he jumped back onto the phones and he made $75 million selling phones. You know, <laughs> and then he bought Crystal Palace. And he says, everybody I worked with found excuses. Whereas I just put my head down and worked. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. And then, yeah, I mean, I think you guys seriously need to read the book if you really want to 
to know. But I mean, he talks about the in-depth background and what makes the club tick, what makes the club work. And you know, it's actually fascinating to see it from the top point of view instead of as a player point of view. You know, the guy who's owning the whole thing. Have you finished it yet? I've not finished it. No. Well, when you finish it, give me the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so Mitchell Salgado hey. Mitchell Wilson thank you so much for coming yeah, I you hope again. you enjoyed so guys you're gonna be able to hear this podcast today today and on YouTube as well YouTube make sure you like obviously make a comment you know if you got something you want to ask Mitchell or one of us please do and then uh, subscribe hit that button hit that button you want to leave a last message for people <laughs> um wasn't expecting this of course this is the interview this is the whole uh, point. i mean the last message i have if you're looking uh for coaching hit me up oh advertising. No, no, no. <laughs> advertise you gotta pay we have a package okay <laughs> done there's some money in the briefcase down there you can have it done thank uh, you so thank much you guys so much. see you in the next show that's it vamos que vamos here we go